Unfiltered Free Range American Podcast, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. What? I was just having a stare. You're you're a you're a return. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Yeah. That mustache is uh, it's really sending me to what you could call like a eternal bliss. That's oh. two words that come to mind. Uh, inner peace. Another two words. What is uh, achieved nirvana? It's good. I'm glad it brought you so much happiness. That's that's three heavy heavy feelings. I think. I'm really glad it's still here because the drive over here, I drank like way too much coffee. And when I drink too much coffee, I like to pick at it. Oh. So I'll just like sit there and like. Is that a tick? It's a tick. Yeah. That's what they call that. There's a thing. It's actually a thing. How do you break ticks? Oh, I don't know. But there's, it's an actual disorder called, uh, it's like trichomoniasis or something. Trichomoniasis? Where you pick at your hair. Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I think trichomoniasis is an STD. Oh, I don't have that. Okay. I don't think. All right. Well, we, we can still check. Yeah. Afterwards, I have some self-administering uh, tests in the other oh, room. That's good. Does it hurt? No. Okay. No. no. We should be fine. Everybody will be fine. Um, you know, Jericho Denman, that's you. I'm having a hard time not looking at the screen. You can, though. Oh. I mean, we kind of do. Oh, okay. You know? You don't have. We, That's better. I didn't want to break the fourth wall. No, there, no, right? you can yeah. definitely break the fourth wall. We're, right. You know, because we are talking to the viewer. Good. You know, that's okay, the, end, good. the end of the day is is this is for them. Yeah, you you're a repeat guest. You were one of our first ten for Free Range American, I believe. At oh Shot shit, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I was thinking about. I listened to the podcast, but I didn't realize that that was on video. Oh wow! <laughs> so, <laughs> when I I like. I don't remember who like sent me the, uh, sent it to me. I was like, Hey, I was like, Oh shit, that was on video. I wonder what I looked like. I was like, Oh, you were just sitting there. You didn't do anything cool. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Well, here we are. We're back. You've done a little bit since then. Yeah. I mean, let's see. January of the 19th. Yeah. It was like just barely pre zombie apocalypse no 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 that was like that was a year before zombie apocalypse 20 they canceled shot show yes so yeah we're we're a little we're a little dated yeah the outpost oh that came out yeah we can talk about that now (laughs) yeah let's talk about that oh shit the outpost yeah man like yeah because when i did when I did that, I did that and I did that's react thing. And then like, yeah, yeah we were like, oh yeah, we're going to be at South by Southwest, which didn't happen because South by Southwest got canceled. Got canceled. Yeah. yeah. So we were at that festival and then, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting uh, variable because I was talking about the outpost coming out. Yeah. And then it came out. All so right. yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, what you want to know? Let's dive into that. Well, number one, how did you get chosen? To be a part of that film, uh, I had to sleep with the director. Oh, okay, that's normal. Uh, Sounds like Hollywood. Nothing, to me. nothing sexual. Just oh, good. Just good lay nights. next to him. Yeah, good. Nights. I have heard like L.A. has a service where you can hire a cuddler. <laughs> it's fucking. Have amazing. you heard that? Like, I've heard of that. Come but and like, cuddle. How often do you think that ends in sex? 
I mean, it depends on the professionalism of the cuddler. Like, well, I mean, you hire a shitty cuddler, or, you're probably going to get sex. Or you upsell. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's true. depends on your idea of professionalism in that environment. Yeah. How yeah. professional are you wanting to yeah. go? <laughs> <laughs> but let's see, to answer your question, um, how did I get hired? So, yeah. shit. Okay, I got hired. Uh, I was referred. They were, you know, casting and crewing the film. and one of the people they were interviewing to be the second unit director. Um, I worked with him on mile 22. He was second unit director of mile 22. That was Mark Wahlberg, right? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Got it. Um, well, he was the star, the second unit director. This guy named Kevin Scott. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so they're interviewing him and he kind of like dropped my name and was like, Hey, if I do this, I want to bring this guy on because I'd worked with him there. And he's like, who are you guys thinking about bringing on? And they kind of like said who they they were thinking. Yeah, but some people, you know, uh, not to interrupt you, but a lot what a lot of people don't know is how much those the the two entities, the two big dogs that we know, Dale Diving one Mm -hmm. and and the other, have the lockdown in Hollywood on military liaison duties, and they've had it for thirty years. You can't go in and break into that unless. You're you're in bed with one of them. Yeah. I mean I did. Yeah. With yeah. That. yeah. Yes. But yeah, yeah. It's um and it's not that it's just one of those things like, hey, if you if you're driving to work every day and there's a coffee shop on your way to work and you know it's pretty good, you're not gonna drive three minutes out of the way to get something that may be a little better, but you're not even a coffee person that understands what the difference between good and bad coffee is. So you're just gonna Pick it up at the place it's on the, the way. easiest. Yeah. yeah. So like people are like, military movie? Okay, I'm calling this guy. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not so yeah, you're you're right. It's it's just that's the name that comes to mind for people. Um and yeah, Dale Dye was uh one of the people they were talking to. Um another guy, oh, his name escapes me. Old team guy, Vietnam era. Yeah, seal. that's the other that's the yeah. other one that uh Harry Humphreys. Yep. That's yeah. those two are the ones that kind of have that business down. Like they're it. Yeah. They're the, they're still in the phone book. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. But you know, someone's what, got a Rolodex going, <laughs> Hey, who's got Dale Dye's number? Hang on. It's on my Rolodex. Yeah, totally. I mean, but there are now there's, there's a, a variance in the tech advising world now where we're starting to see. Um, and it's, you know, it's a product of, I, I think social media and just technology in general is, now it's becoming a thing and i've i've talked to a few people about it you know guys who ask me how do i get into it and it's it's coming to a point where it's going to be hard to really make a living at it yeah. because everyone's going to have their guy you yeah, know what i mean but i also i also think there's two things to that i think that we are we could be seeing the peak of military movies and they're going to start to kind of dissipate um, I mean, just as like, kind of you look at Dale Dye and his crew were really trying to fund a new story about World War II and an 82nd company. Um, and they, they had a lot of difficulty because I just think, I think that ship has sailed. I think, I think it's been done. Like where are we really going to see another Vietnam movie? I mean, we've got... Yeah. Platoon, Forrest Gump, Full Metal Jacket, and then you've got Tropic Thunder as your comedy <laughs> portion. It's like, yeah, can you really do this again? Like, like, is there is there enough room? You know, I, with Twelve Strong, 
coming out and how awful that movie was. <laughs> like, I, again, I don't understand why we need to change these stories. They are amazing the way they are. And I hate that writers and directors seem to think, oh, well, let me Hollywood and jazz this up a bit. Yeah. Like, no, you didn't do anything but fuck up the story. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I've heard, and I'll butcher this, but there's like a quote and, you know, screenwriters and shit say is that, that there's five movies. There's only five movies. Everybody just puts them in different places with different people. Yeah, right. I, I would agree with that. So, yeah, I don't think, I think that we are at, I think there will be a dip, but I think we're going to see more military movies as the, the GWAT, whatever the fuck that means anymore. Um, as that kind of winds down or ends and we come out of it, I think we're going to see more contemporary military stuff um, than we did because up to now, I think all of the military stories we saw, like contemporary ones, right? Like Iraq, Afghanistan, were all true stories, right? I mean, in varying degrees, based on true stories, right? Um, But you look at all those Vietnam movies, right? That came out. And if you think about the 30 years later, right? 20 years later, right? 20 ish years later, once, once all those Vietnam vets had had a chance to kind of like grow up, process what they'd seen and done, and then write stories about it that weren't necessarily true, right? Um, same with World War II. I think for me, we have not had, and you know, I was on the outpost. It was, it was good. Everybody really had a positive reaction to the outpost. But I think that the greatest war movies that there are are all fiction, right? Yeah. So Saving Private Ryan. Platoon, Full Metal Jacket. They're all fiction. They're not real. Yeah. And I think that the reason Yeah, but that- really, if you, if you really break that down, though, all you did was you took a fictionalized story arc to dress, to, to be able to show and portray mm-hmm. what this was actually like. So if you take Saving Private Ryan, you just took a, hey, we're looking for this lost guy. We gave you a heartfelt, you know, story that we're we're going through. But really, it's just so we can walk you through the journey of D-Day right. and Normandy and all these other things. Like, right. like, like, so all we did was package that differently so you would consume it. Yeah. And not just be like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, I remember the first feeling of watching Saving Private Ryan, like, it made me sick. Like, oh, dude, like that opening scene was just like it became real. World War Two for the first time became real. That was yeah, I think that was probably the most realistic portrayal of war that ever happened up to that point. Don't you agree? Like 100 percent. The sound, the the fucking sound was just like Spielberg created a new concept with that um, where, you know, the rule of thumb with your shutter speed mm-hmm. per your your frames per second that you're shooting is always doubled. So if you're shooting at 24 frames per second, which for all of you out there is what all of film has has ran on. It's what your eye is used to. It's the it's the blur amount that you get in motion. You you have become accustomed without knowing it that 24 frames a second, every movie you've ever watched, it, it's filmed in that. Whereas with Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg almost, I, I believe he tripled his shutter speed, which gave you a very sharp image when there was movement and it made you feel uneasy and uncomfortable because your eye is used to the natural blur of that 24 frames per second. And he invented a new way to invoke a yeah. feeling yeah. with film. 
Yeah. And he's Steven Spielberg, right? So like another thing that, you know, when you talk about giving authentic, authenticity and realism to movies is, is like when Steven Spielberg is like, hey, I want these guys that are in the trench to speak Czech instead of German. Like 99 out of 100 people that would request that would be like, hey, man, we, we're not going to hire Czech speakers. We don't, like, there's no money in the budget for that. But it's Steven Spielberg. So they're like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like ounces make pounds, you know? And all those little things that he has the juice to get done are also what made that movie so, so amazing, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that here in the next 10 years, we're going to see some like legit, you know, the, one of those five stories, you know, the, the hero's tale, the golden fleece, like all those just classic stories. We're going to start seeing those set in Iraq or Afghanistan. And they're going to be, those will become kind of the synonymous movies with our generation of Warfighter. Yeah. I would love to see a new Three Kings. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing movie. Hey, you know right. what? Hey, we're going after gold. <laughs> uh, full, full circle. Like when I did that video of Vets React on Three Kings, yeah. uh, Kevin Scott, the guy who referred me to get the job on the outpost, he was on that. Oh, no. He was kidding. on that movie and he was like, hey, man, why are you talking to the Three Kings? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the outpost. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh. It was. I have a deep-rooted hate for Jake Tapper, so... Uh, oh, why? Uh, you know, he's, he Jake, his, he's Jake Tapper. He put his hand down your pants at a party or something? Maybe. Or did put his hand down your pants? <laughs> yeah. I will see it now. People, I mean, have, I was... uh, people have a visceral reaction to him one way or the other. I know um, from talking to the fellas who are actually at the outpost um, that they all speak very fondly of Jake Tapper. Like the guys that were in the unit and, you know, he's, I don't know how I'm much of that, it. I'm on that, that fence of why Jake, why Jake got the deal and not Red Platoon and that. Red that, Platoon did get a deal. Yeah. But yeah. We're, we're, we're making Armageddon and Deep Impact. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah. like that, yeah. that's not fair. Yeah, why, for sure. Why give the fucking reporter a movie deal before the fucking guy that survived it? Well, I mean, and I, I'm talking about this from a purely like. I don't know all the ins and all the outs, but I do know that like Red Platoon was had a deal. And then it was basically a race. You know, you had two studios that had the same story yeah. and one went into pre-production and the other one was like, all right, we're just going to show up. I mean, to, so you, what I'm saying is I wouldn't demonize Jake Tapper. I would demonize the studio that said, oh, they're, they're already making a movie like that. Well, fuck it. We're not going to make this one, even though we already bought it. Yeah. You know? Um, Dude. I, I demonize Jake Tapper for his behavior during <laughs> a lot of this. Uh, I would love, from the inside sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and again, I don't know. I don't know all that. That's echelons above my uh, involvement. Involvement. Um, <laughs> but I do know, like, you know, that Red Platoon did have a deal. You know, and it, and it was kind of on whoever was jockeying that in the studio at the studio level, like. They're the ones that were like, oh, we're just not going to do this now. They could still do it if yeah. they had any fucking balls. You know what I mean? Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you know what, dude? Like, this is the thing, too. Like, as a, as a person that, like, acquires IP and tries to produce things, you constantly fucking hear 
oh, those movies don't do well, or there's already a thing like that, or there's already a thing like this, you know, like uh, in, in trying to pitch projects and stuff. And people are like, you know, I have one thing that's like a, a Korean war series type deal. And you hear, oh, it's a period piece or it's a war movie. Those don't do well. It's a war thing. And like when I was taking this out, like 1917 had just come out and I'm yeah, like, it's like the biggest movie out right now. 1917 is like breaking fucking box office records and winning awards. But like, it's a the people period saying piece. those things to you though. I've noticed like my experience in Hollywood is they all have their heads way up their ass. Yeah. I've not met a smart person in Hollywood yet. That's in an executive role. I have not met somebody that is focused on real marketing data and real audience and real, like, like I am yet to meet someone that isn't a complete fucking idiot <laughs> at that level, at that level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the I things thought, that I have heard out yeah. of network heads from places like discovery and history and A and E, like you're like, how the fuck did you get this job? Or how the fuck did you make it to work today? Yeah. 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 How do like, you breathe? Like, <laughs> I've wanted to grab people's shoulders and just fucking shake them. Yeah. Because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, like doing the like producing and development of things is fucking. I describe it to people as it's insanity yeah. because you have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and hope to get a different result. It's the definition of insanity, yeah. you know, but it's the, uh, that's what keeps you coming back is it's like zero to hero, yeah. you know, like that one time that It'll one stick. right person that sticks to the wall. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you have something in your life, like I do, that's keeping the lights on, that's paying your rent, you know, buying your beers, then you can do it and not lose your mind. You know what I mean? Um, and you can do it and not give in to those dipshits that are like, you know, well, what if we made them all, uh, you know, left-handed and they live on Mars and they're vampires, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh my God. Yeah. And then we could hit the Mars vampire demographic of people that, uh, oh yeah. God, just shut up and yeah. drive your car <laughs> into the ocean, please. Yeah. Yeah, one series that like we're working on. I'm like, let's just make them all fucking vampires, man. Maybe Fuck we'll get it. some traction. Why not? Yeah, yeah. See, that's not a bad idea. So. <laughs> Vampire Any veterans with the new Chapman movie. No, you heard anything I, about I've, that? Uh, I've heard little rumblings. I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, dude, that's going to be big. I don't, who picked that up? That was like I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, someone big. They're the Air Force is behind it. Yeah, so it's going to be big. That means you're going to get assets. Which yeah. hopefully they make it accurate. Yeah. F fifteen strike eagles, not A tens, boys. Yeah. 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 No, I I would obviously love to work on that. I don't know if uh you know Dan Schilling, I believe, is uh I'm the right guy to big, work on. It. Big involvement in that, which we're gonna have him on the show very soon. He was nice. a twenty fourth STS combat controller, Dan. Son has worked for us for quite some time. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know if uh you know, that's the other thing is with tech advising is, is that a lot of times you have to have that wherewithal to be like, I think there's somebody else who probably do that better than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you're talking about diving. Yeah. That ain't me. Let yeah. me call a buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually just did. They're, they're developing a, a show about the, that soccer team that got trapped in the cave in Thailand. Oh, wow. And the Thai seals like rescued them. Yeah. 
Yeah, like kind somebody of like a baby Jessica story, but with a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody hit me up about that, and I was like, "Bro, I don't I don't know how to fucking scuba dive." <laughs> like, like, but here's a few people. Call them, you know. And that's that's something that you know a lot of people, some people don't do that they should. I saw know? a meme not too long ago. It was like about a month ago that confused me a little bit. So I went digging into some more research and it turned out to be true. And then it's terrifying. This guy was out in Utah and they were climbing through caves and stuff. And he like climbed up into a cave, like face first and came, was trying to come down and got stuck and died. Like not quickly. He was just stuck. Like just started they brought Rescue crews out. They tried, well, also like he was he was upside down. Oh, people so he was, found him when he was still oh, alive. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, with a group of people. Like they they knew right away when he got stuck. It's like being with your buddy. He's like, hey dudes, I'm stuck. Can you like call somebody? <laughs> I thought like, he was like by himself and got no, stuck, and then they found him. No, they were with him. How the fuck? How how can you get that stuck? Yeah, shit, I don't know. <laughs> what do you do in that situation? Like, I don't know, man. Like. Were they, were they giving him food and stuff? They tried. They like <laughs> put down a tube, but like also the blood rushing to his head, like fucked with him too. Like, but like, <sighs> yeah, dude, when you look, cause you can go and there's like a diagram on it of how this all happened. And like, it's like a hip and then a, and then the uh-huh. cavern goes straight down and he got wedged upside down. Oh. But still like, I, nowhere inside me. Am I in a cave and I see a smaller hole and I'm like, I'm going to go explore what's in that hole. Yeah. Like, I feel like, you know, most things in our lives are a product of our choices. That guy's death is a product of his choices. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Also, just to like, (laughs) just to kind of be in that, like, you know, because at first, like, you know, there's phases. At first you're like stuck. You're like, oh, I'm stuck. Hey, can someone grab my foot? That'll get me out. Right. Like that'll, we could do that. Like. Like, and then, and then like the lodging, like, like, okay, I'm really stuck. Can you guys call paramedics or fucking rescue crews? And like, yes, there was whole rescue. I think they tried like jacks. Like they, they were trying to use jacks. Trying butter? I don't know. Man, that would suck. I'm, I, my mind first went to the spot of, I think they did a movie about the guy, didn't they? No, they, they that's cut the his dude, arm they, off. That's the guy that, that got stuck with his arm and he cut his own hand with off. like the Swiss army scissors, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, that would, that's a, again, let's just stay away from those situations. Like people that get eaten by crocodiles. Like, yeah, it seems like an avoidable situation. Yeah. Yeah. Getting eaten by a crocodile. I don't know. There is, there's like a fine line between, you know, being adventurous and living your life. And then, uh, maybe looking out for hazards, like, yeah, hazards. Like, like third order effects. When you're flying a plane, you 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 look for hazards like radio towers. Yeah. Like going and doing loops around a radio tower increases your chances of hitting a fucking radio tower. Also, speaking of planes, I don't fly in people's planes. It's if you're not, if I'm not paying you to fly in your plane, I'm not flying. Really? Because so I'm canceling our flight. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently so. Because dude, I was going to go fly with you. When? The weather shit today, this weekend, the sign. Yeah, weather I, shit. The summer I retired, just retired of the army. I was, I don't know if you remember, I was like backpacking through Europe, just kind of bouncing around and doing a lot of traveling. I was in Barcelona, and this buddy of mine from years ago in the army was like, I hadn't talked to this dude in years. He's like, Hey, man, like, 
I'm a reserve Intel officer now. I'm doing this TDY thing in Germany for like a year. And I joined a flying club. He's like, do you want to fly somewhere with me? Like, tell me where you're going to go next. And we'll fly to like somewhere that's like, and I wanted to go to Bruges in Belgium. Yeah. In Bruges. Bruges. And he's like, cool, fly into Brussels. Because like inter-European flights are like 50 bucks. They're so cheap. So I flew from Barcelona to Brussels, met him there, just like walked around to the other side of the uh, airport terminal to him in this fucking plane. And I was like, I wasn't expecting like a great plane, but this thing was like, it was like, if you your buddy had a 55 Chevy, he was like kind of working on like, you know, you're going to get like, once it's rolling and going, you're like, okay, this is pretty good, but it might not start when you come out from lunch. You know what I mean? Like that's how it felt. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. It's too late to pull out now. So we start flying and it's like, this dude has been a pilot for like two months. Like he's just now starting. And I'm like, really, uh, yeah. Really jumped in feet first on this one. Yeah, I don't know if he'd been, he hadn't been, a, but he'd only been able to fly by himself yeah, for like for two, months. two months. Yeah, that's still low hours. And he seemed pretty proficient. So we take off and, da, da, and then like we're flying. In Europe, by the way. Yeah, over Belgium. Non, Non-English speaking ATCs. <laughs> I thought the universal language of ATCs was English. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, because all the signs and everything. Oh, okay. Old Ranger knowledge from the mm-hmm. runway. Right. I learned something. All the today. runway signs. Yeah. Um, so we're flying and like a chunk of the fucking plane is like, whack, just like, and he's mm. never experienced like an in-flight emergency. Okay. So he's Not like, oh, oh, that's bad. Anyway, this is a long shitty story, but I thought I was going to die like two weeks after I retired from the army. In um, a shitty plane. In a over shitty Belgium. plane over Belgium. <laughs> yeah, all right. He's like, you think I should put it down? You're like, like, why are you asking me? I was like, dude, it seems like if we're going to crash, we're just going to crash. So like, let's just, we're kind of at the point of no return. If we're yeah. going to crash, we're going to crash on the way to landing. So fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. Good times though. So yeah, that, that made me back to the original point. It made me like, is it really worth flying in these little planes with people who aren't like professional pilots? Leonard Skinner, Richie Valens. I'm pretty sure Buddy those Holly. guys were with professional pilots. <sighs> Leonard Skinner hit, hit wires, didn't he? He hit a mountain. No, that was uh, Patsy Cline had a mountain. Okay. I think Leonard Skinner hit wires right outside of Nevada, California off Highway 37. None of, they were all private planes though. They weren't like airlines. I thought they were in a helicopter. Were they? Leonard Skinner? Hey, fun guy. Yeah. Let's know. Let's, let's see when Leonard Skinner died or uh, yeah. what happened there. Kobe. That was a it was a helicopter. That was a cocky pilot. That's but it was you, like you can go on a sliding scale. A pilot that has so much experience that he thinks he's invincible, and then that's what happened to Kobe. Well, again, people die in private planes all the time. It seems relatively dangerous. Ran out of fuel. Seems like that an easy thing to avoid. Preventable. <laughs> wow. Also, if you're out of fuel, can't you just like glide it in somewhere, I, dude? I'm guessing there was probably a good amount of chemical. Because uh, you're not going to catch fire if you got no fuel. I'm guessing there was a good amount of like alcohol and chemical uh, <laughs> invasion on board. You know? Oh my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, hey, is, is, is that say empty over there? Like, oh yeah. All right, throw I, on the ox tanks. I fucking right. forgot, man. I, for, I totally forgot. We needed to. Uh, yeah, we need gas. Like, are you high right now? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
What's me being high have to do with there being no gas, fucker? God, I don't see any gas. We'll find some. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. uh, Yeah, you should watch The Outpost. I should. It was was fairly well received. It was good? Very well received. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too close to it, right? Like, so when I watch it. You're in it though, aren't you? I have a tiny little part. Tiny part? Did you say anything? I don't say anything. I don't have lines. I never do lines. in the background in ACUs? Yeah. Nice. I throw a grenade. Oh. Or like a smoke grenade. And then pick up a pick up a guy and carry him. Um, you deserve a medal. I really do. Um, let's put you in for one. Um, no, you're too close to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too close to it. Like, you know, I was, if you make spaghetti sauce and you're tasting it constantly while you're making it, like you don't get that. Mm, yeah. When you, you know, so that's, that's me in the outpost is I recognize that a lot of people really loved it. Um, but for me, I, I just see everything that I think is wrong with it when I watch it. Okay. It's a good movie. You know, I, I can relate. I've watched it a couple times. You know, <laughs> I would watch it. Multi- you know, that's one of the things. I just want to see the story. I'm really not familiar with the story. Yeah. And so what the outpost did was and the difference between Replitude and the outpost, like the outpost charted the outpost. Right. So it was like years of that cop. Okay. Right. Um, whereas Replitude was just about the event with. Yeah. That is kind of the highlighted event within the outpost. Um, so, you know, in one of those things that you take a little license with and, and, you know, so we, had, we compressed, you know, two and a half, three years of events into a movie into a rather than 90 minutes, right. Rather than just the attack that is really what the movie was about yeah. into 90 minutes. So is this a different variable and different way of, of, of doing it? You know, like um, Keating, who Orlando Bloom played, like those guys didn't cross paths with, you know, the guys that are alive. So it was, it was a different time period. I know it's a dash of, dash of the Hollywoodness. Like with 12 strong, I don't know why that was just an abomination. That was, I mean, you know, what? I don't like to shit on other people's work, but here, here's another thing I know about that, that movie. Um, it's like charging guys, BMPs with horses is probably not a good idea. It worked. Okay. All right. Whatever I mean, it worked. <laughs> but it worked. yeah, I mean, shooting rifles off horseback at full fucking gallop isn't the preferred technique either. No. I don't think 5.56 five, is super effective against light armor either. No. But no. Uh, that, that's a good example of um, not the right guy doing it the right guy not being there you know you have well, uh, i think that started in the script like just there was a lot of script pieces with that that were just like why why did you do this yeah like this was a an amazing story to tell <laughs> and now and this is what we do because i i morgan watched it and he was like oh my god this movie was so crazy i can't believe it's real and it's like eh. like yeah. you just poisoned millions of americans with events that didn't happen and you could yeah. have just told the regular events and they're I mean, just as cool that that movie also came out at a time you also can kind of track there are like war boner movies too right yeah. that like they're like oh let's Re- let's go after the demographic of people that want to feel great about us being in afghanistan or iraq yeah. right like so you know 12 strong american sniper you know, those are those war boner movies. The American Sniper, either. It's yeah. same same tech advisor. Okay. Uh, I I, think, I know the writer of American I think. Sniper. Yeah, and it's you know it's one of those movies. It's like 
fuck yeah, let's kill some motherfuckers. But as far as accuracy goes, not not super great. Um, or even, I don't even like to use the word accuracy because I think I said it on the last cast we did. I like authenticity, right? Authenticity, yeah. Not realism or Yeah, accurate. because when you, I mean, it, here's the thing I experienced personally is you rewind this back to 2008, 2010, and I will pick out all the discrepancies and be like, why don't they have someone that knows what they're doing? But now you ask me now, someone that has experience in making films, has experience in movies and this, it's like the, these details don't matter. Right. We need to get, we need to get the scene across. Like right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No one, only a few, small fraction of a percentage are people going to go, oh, yeah. that's wrong. But guess what? Nobody else sees it. Nobody else knows. I mean, this was a, this was a big conversation with us during the uh, mortar commercial that we did where we're mm-hmm. all in the World War II getup. Evan was so angry that his costume was just like a hodgepodge of bullshit. <laughs> like it was, it didn't have officer rank. It had NCO rank and it had, it was like, this is garbage. This is going to look like shit. But you look at that commercial now. Did anybody notice any of that? No, no. no. Does yeah. everybody love that commercial? Yes. Yeah. Were we, were, did we hodgepodge and paste together World War II uniforms. Yes. Yeah. Like did, but did you notice? No. Yeah. The commercial was amazing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there's, yeah, like the way that you, you get away with that is you have like, yeah, it has to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if good story, good content, if a shitty story has yeah. a bunch of shitty stuff happening, like I'll, there's a movie that came out recently. Like I fucking turned it off after like eight minutes. Um, because it's just everything's bad. The dialogue's bad. The fucking acting's bad. The technical aspects of the military stuff, bad. So, you know, I will look past a good amount of technical fuck ups because I also understand that, like, it's a movie production, right? Yeah. Like, you know, let's say they hired the greatest tech advisor on earth, but they don't bring him out until they don't a week have a before. good art director. Yeah. So you're or, like, you have a great tech advisor, but if you're. Props and costume guy sucks. Yeah. Or they didn't talk. Yeah. They never were given the opportunity to talk. You know, I've had that happen like a bunch where I'll show up and be like, hey, what are we using for this guy? And they're like, oh, we have this. And I'm like, ooh, that's wrong as fuck. You know, and usually you can like fix the problem if, it, if you get ahead of it. But if you, yeah. if it's like, hey, we're rolling in fucking 30 minutes, like, okay, that's the gun he's using. All right. You know, mm-hmm. um, here we are. But it's also important. And where some people that do what I do, they won't even say anything, right? Like, I say everything. I bring up fucking everything. I don't make it a problem, but I just say, hey, just so you know. Hey, just so you know. Like, I don't say, this is fucking wrong and we got to fake. Like, it's up to the director at the end of the day. Yeah. You just give him the option. Hey, I can make this work, but if you want it to be better... Here, here is your, your plate. <laughs> right, right. And that's, you know, and that's like where it, you become more effective by giving little and giving a little, you know? Um, like, I always, I have non-negotiables, you know? Those, yeah. are, those will never get given up. I'll quit a movie over it. But other than that, it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's shit in the outpost. There's a couple things in the outpost that I won't mention because then everybody will fucking harp on them. But like when that movie came out, I had like 
for the first time in my life, I had like anxiety. Like <laughs> when people would talk about like, oh, they have anxiety. I'm like, fuck yourself. When that, I was a wreck, dude, for like the week that that movie came out. And I was just waiting for, for people to, to just, out. for people to just fucking hammer fuck it on these two little things that I saw make it into the movie, like past the edit. And they were like things that there was no way around them. Yeah. You know, like we fucked up, you know, and they made it into the movie yeah. and no one noticed. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Story yeah. was good. The action was good. You gotta, yeah. But the, but the thing is, it was making movies is fucking hard oh, yeah. and it's stressful. And what happens is, is like you say, your seasoned guys that, that have that have a number of films under their belt will approach these problems like you just said. I will I will talk about them, but I'm not going to make it a problem because mm-hmm. the 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 friction and the difficulty that you have in making movies is department leads that think their thing is the most important thing, you know, oh, it's the most important thing on your mind, but that director has seven departments that are yeah. that are all having to work together so it's like where this is the biggest fucking cross you're willing to die on, that director could go, dude, I don't care. I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. Like that's not going to make a difference in the outcome of the film. Yeah. 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 My, I had one non-negotiable for the outpost and that's that everybody who was killed was portrayed honorably in the movie. That was my non-negotiable. Um, other than that, it was good. <laughs> um, and yeah, you're right, man. It's, 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 and that's where going back to what I was going to say is like becoming difficult in the world of tech advising is you'll have a director who is at a bar or he's at, you know, maybe he's like a little bit of a fanboy. He likes to shoot. He likes to do these things. He likes to have his soft buddies. You know he what I mean? He meets the wrong people. Not even the wrong people. He meets somebody who's a great guy, right? But he's like, hey, man, you were a, you know, a Navy SEAL Delta Force sniper ranger. Can you come and help on this movie? Right. Then you bring in a guy who's very, very proficient in the field craft, the military stuff, but he's never been on a movie. Right. And maybe by the end, he figures it out. But pre production, all these, all these things that you have to have worked on movies to not get, because if you're any kind of a special operator, you're like probably pretty proficient and very adaptable. Right. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. So you just come in and, I mean, I've done shit where like I could come in and just sit in the fucking chair on set and be a bump on a log and no one would think anything of it because they're like, oh, he's just there to ask questions. You know what I mean? Like if you're not proactive, you're not going to be as good at it. And I think that's where we're at. Like that's a little bit of a problem is you have people that are doing it as like, oh, this will be fun to do. You know what I mean? Instead of like doing it as their job. Yeah. And those people are getting some calls, you know, and getting on movies where it's not their job. They're not into film. They're not into, you know, story. They don't understand the different phases of film, you know, being made. They don't know, you know, they'll, they'll stand and and watch something happen and they don't understand like what the camera sees and like what you're trying to do. And there's even kind of seasoned tech advisors that do that, you know, that like will, try to advise, but like they're not in the process, the process, right? They're not in the filmmaking process. They're just sharpshooting shit that they see as being wrong. Does that Whereas, make sense? Yes. Because when you understand what translate to camera, mm-hmm. your perception completely changes 
yeah. as a whole. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I would love to get into something like this because I, I, I have both worlds. Yeah. Like I know what's important. I know what's not. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a pretty funny story about a guy who's like a very well-known tech advisor being kicked off a movie because he was like freaking out about dispersion. Like it was like a, a formation of dudes walking and they were just all kind of close. Yeah. And he freaked out. They'd never be that fucking close together and blah, blah, blah. And they're you like, can't get them in frame. They're like, yeah, like, they have to be in frame, dude. And like, you're not even looking at the angle, at the angle of the shot. They look dispersed yeah. because the DP is not an idiot, yeah. you know? So yeah, that's, that's where I think, um, you know, if people want to do this and not just do it, but do it well, um, learn about filmmaking yes. a little bit. Like, you know? I mean, that's a given. And it's yeah. also, yeah. don't say you want to do it if you're not into the, into the craft. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I get it, man. And like, also know that it's a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, it's like, hard. Yeah. And it, it is re- repetition after repetition after repetition. It's not quick. Oh, you, you are sitting around a lot. The fucking hurry up and wait is the most yeah. valuable skill I picked up in the military on, on film sets. Like three hour long setups to do a shot. You know, like we're just like, fuck, kill me. I want to die. You're just you sitting know. there. Yeah. And fuck, movies move slow. Yeah. But, but it's also awesome. So yeah, I, I think I was lucky in that I had someone bring me into the industry and like I was kind of an assistant. You know, and like learned all the shit that you need to learn. I wasn't the guy on my first run, yeah. you know? And then after a while, but sometimes, you know, they'll bring it and be like, hey, this guy was a this and that, and he's going to be the tech advisor. And he doesn't, he doesn't know any of the jargon. He doesn't know how a set works. He doesn't know this and that. And it, it's just not an effective person to put in that spot. Yeah. Um, What's your dream war, war movie to work on? <laughs> my dream movie, war movie to work on? Yeah. Uh, I, to didn't, make. I didn't get hired on. Oh. I got node because they have a guy. I don't know who the guy is, but they're they're making the things they carried, the Vietnam book. Um, I didn't see it. I don't know. I'm not familiar. Yeah, it's a really great book about just a grunt in Vietnam yeah. and then his kind of return home and, and all this stuff. Uh, Tom Hardy is going to star, I think. Um, well, even that was one my that dream. You would want to make. It's a dream. My want to make? Yeah. Oh, I want to make the contemporary Platoon. Platoon's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, and no, I want to make... There's never really been a Ranger movie. At all. Like, no, yeah, yeah. The worst it... one ever was Basic. <laughs> That's the only portrayal of you guys that exist is the movie Basic. Black Hawk Down. Kind of. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's 30 years old. But it's 40. But Black Hawk Down, it's like, it's very, it's very pre Watt. 30 years old. Very pre Watt. That was before you guys even got your mission that that you've had for the last 20 years. So again, there's no Ranger movie. Yeah. I mean, in Black Hawk Down, they literally say, just watch your corner. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, it's what they did. But um, yeah, mine is, is a, a contemporary. I don't. I don't know that it has to be Rangers. I don't care. I mean, not that I don't care. I would like to see a Ranger movie, though. I just understand. Oh yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing with Ranger movies <laughs> and why there aren't many. It's over so quick. We just fuck shit up, man. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't have any like 
nothing we do is dramatic. We just fuck people up, right? Like, <laughs> oh, there's break a break all that. I mean, there are, there are missions in mind that like, I've had guys hit me up like, Hey man, why don't we do a movie about objective so-and-so we killed like 200 dudes. I'm like, yeah, but that's all we did. Yeah. But it was just a fucking Turkey shoot, man. Like <laughs> why are no one's going to want to watch? That's like watching a football game. That's like 54 to zero. No yeah. one wants to watch that shit. <laughs> so that I think is why there aren't any Ranger movies. Wow. Um, but I think there is like a way of, like I said, putting a, you know, one of the classic stories in the world of, of Ranger Regiment in the GWAT um, and, and seeing, and you, you know, for me, like some of the things, like you look at Platoon and it talks, like what were the major kind of controversial things about Vietnam? Like the My Lai Massacres, they kind of touched on that aspect a little bit, you know, drug use, uh, guys, just like a lack of discipline amongst conscript or draftees or whatever, you know. Um, unpopularity of the war, the dis- disparity between rich and Tiger poor Land fighting is more <laughs> is more what you're explaining right now. I think Platoon, Tigerland, fuck, Tigerland was a good one. Did you like that movie? I don't remember. I, I didn't. I mean, it I was, liked it when I was younger. It but was I overacted. Watched it. I haven't watched it in probably I, 15 years. It was just. It looked great. Yeah. Like very visually appealing, but like it's just overacted by everyone in it. Yeah. Like everything was a big deal. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I think. So I think if I were to, you know, the things I bounced around in my head about making a GWAT movie or Iraq or Afghanistan would be the things that we struggled with um, and the, the line that we had to walk, you know, the, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law that we operated in. That never made sense. Right. So that's ROE. Yeah. That's uh, recidivism. Collateral right? damage assessments. Yeah. Everything like that. Collateral damage. CivCAS. Uh, and for me, the big thing that like we struggled with a lot was recidivism. You know what I mean? Right. Like bagging some dude that you told me a year ago was a really bad dude. And now he's out on the street again, yeah. you know, because I captured him <laughs> and we didn't just swack him. Yeah. But now here I am looking at, a, at an Intel report and he's wearing a fucking orange jumpsuit. Like <laughs> what's going on here? So those are the things that I would like to explore. But um, I pitched you a concept. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I, I told think, you that. I, 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 think, awesome. I think we should try it. I right. think it would be fun because we could do it for cheap. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm not saying, but I mean, for a war movie, yeah, that's, that's like a dope movie, but not necessarily a war movie. I have it's a couple. Not a war, it it yeah. has aspects of war. It highlights some cool shit. Yeah. And it shows, it, it also shows like the thing too that like people don't get. And I get this a lot. Like uh, when I go to a set or, or whatever and, meet people um particularly on this thing like we went out we were on location out in leesville louisiana you know yeah. you know it. But there was a there's nothing to do out there but there was a range so they don't we even have chain restaurants oh fuck no <laughs> yeah so we went out and shot at this range right a couple guys had guns we rented some guns went out there and you just start shooting steel and they like these people these people i was with that are in the film industry or whatever they expected me to like show up and just start fucking nailing shit like i'm goddamn jerry barnhart like right off the jump you know what i mean like yeah. like guys i haven't shot a gun in like a year like yeah. <laughs> i'm not jason Bourne. there's no magical box that people like me get put in to where we don't have to practice things to stay good at them you know <laughs> so it would be cool like with your concept it's cool to show like that not everyone is jason Bourne. yeah but when you put everybody together and they have and their planning set, and yeah. they're 
the planning thing is a, is the biggest thing yeah. is to show the like like there's a lot of people in the american public that don't understand our skills yeah yeah they, yeah i mean they okay have a, they have a they think they have a concept of it but they don't get it that's like oh we spend fucking weeks making yeah. a plan on completely overrunning a place yeah yeah and like that it's so fucking cheesy and cliche and nerdy, but like our strength is like the strength of our unity. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's a fucking team. There's no one man army out no, there. Like you can't, it doesn't exist. It, like, too many variables. Yeah. It doesn't matter how great you are. Like you can't as, see behind as you. You're, as you're pushing through, just waxing everybody with a pistol. If one dude was taking a nap and was behind <laughs> you and just went, bam, there it's over. Right? Like you're done. Yeah. You didn't see that. You were, yeah. you were going that way. I have a very particular set of skills. Very particular. That I haven't skills. used in over 10 years. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But I think they're not really grooming a new action hero. Everything superhero movies, like, you know, I, Jason Bourne's getting fucking played out. I think Liam Nielsen is about done. He's just too old. Tom Cruise is probably finally starting to age. He's actually a robot now. <laughs> yeah, he's just a robot. Like, <laughs> who is the next Tom Cruise? I think, you know, I've, they are. Uh, I think one of them's Michael B. Jordan. He'll be, he'll be a guy yeah. for a while. Um, That's the dude from Avengers, isn't it? I don't do superhero movies. The blue dude? Michael B. Jordan? Michael B. Jordan's uh, Creed. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, who's Chris Hemsworth? Kind of an action hero. He did that. Uh, yeah, the 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 recent one on Netflix where he yeah, which a buddy of mine uh, tech advised that I didn't watch that first either. Go. I've watched like, it's good, dude. Honestly, I've been so turned off by battle movies. It's like I watch the first five minutes and I get bored. Yeah, it's like it's I, like Star Wars. Like Star Wars at this point. Like okay, wait, there's another space battle, and now. The Empire's rising up and taking over again, and we're going to fight him. Okay, and then it will all yeah. come down to two people having a lightsaber fight, and we're done. All right, yeah. I'm good. I get it, man. I've gotten pretty bored with a lot of movies. Like, one that just came out, like I said, I turned it off in like eight minutes. I'm like, ugh, fucking I cliche need to Westworld. Fuck. I've never I, watched it. That is amazing. Yeah. I recommend it. Um, there's a new Nicolas Cage movie out that I thought was really good, and he doesn't say a word throughout the whole movie. So he's like an assassin or something like that? No, it's okay. awesome though. Oh. <laughs> it's about him spending the night in a, uh, like a Chucky, a, a Kmart brand Chuck E. Cheese and all the, all the monsters come alive. Oh, fuck. It's really, really cool. It's giving me. Nicholas Cage does not say a word in the entire, but we'll watch it in the bar tonight. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. Uh, like I loved it. Yeah. You know, I've been wa- like, I've been geeking out and watching like foreign shit. Oh, okay. Um, I was actually going to write a little thing for Coffee or Die for Marty about foreign war movies. Yeah. Dude, it's interesting because like filmmakers in, in like France or Denmark or Russia, they all have like these little isms, yeah. you know, that like after you watch a couple, you're like, oh, this is super Russian. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you watch it and yeah, there's some really dope shit out there if made by foreigners if you don't mind subtitles um subtitles aren't a big deal in a war movie usually um good with them but one of my favorite movies was a korean movie uh called i saw the devil okay i need to watch that yeah there was really good there was one i watched a korean movie and it it was about this 
Korean guy. God damn, I can't remember the name. Korean guy who was fighting for Korea against the Japanese. The Japanese captured him and interned him, put him into their army. Then he was a Japanese soldier fighting against the Soviets. The Soviets captured him, put him in their army. Then he was fighting against the Germans. The Germans captured him and interned him and then put him in their army. This is a true fucking story. And what movie is this? Then I can't remember the name of it. He got captured on D Day. He was at, he was like in Normandy on D Day and got captured by the Americans uh, or the British. I can't remember. But the dude basically fought for like five Everybody. armies. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just Ooh, all got, right. kept getting interned. Am I getting played? Paid, yeah. uh, so went right. from Korea to France during World War II. Wow. In, insane. Cool movie, too. But again, it's like that movie, it's Korean. It has like a weird, not weird, it's just a different way of shooting it and yeah. like the way they score it it's a lot more dramatic and really cool uh i saw the devil is about uh this guy that's like the the korean version of the cia his wife gets uh kidnapped killed and eaten by this dude uh so he tracks him down and he puts a tracker in him and he keeps showing up and beating the life out of him <laughs> like continuously that's like, awesome like as soon as the guy heals homeboy shows back up and wops his ass again that's such a good idea <laughs> It's really funny. It's great. I feel like that's a good, good revenge movie. I feel like that's how we should run. Because you keep getting the revenge. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's how our prison system should work. Like, <laughs> instead of putting people in prison, you just put a tracker in them. You and just then keep like, getting the shit kicked out of them. And then you can have like a lottery, right? <laughs> where you can, you can sign up for a service where it's like, hey, you get three pings a month. Like, hey, so-and-so is in your area. Like, oh, where's he at? And you grab your Louisville slugger. <laughs> All right. And you just roll down and beat the shit out of the dude. And he's like, fuck, three more so, years of this shit. So good. So good. I'm sold. Uh, be awesome. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for coming out. Yeah. Hanging out this weekend, getting together with everybody, talking movies, watching talking movies. movies. Yeah. Talking, watching. We'll watch Maybe the writing. This weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We definitely, you and I have got a plan, but we're going to Scotland. Yeah. The John Muir way. Yep. Yeah. I like Fuck. that. Yeah, man. I'm stoked. I think, I know we're trying to wrap it up, but I think, I do think that there is coming a time in film, like streamers are changing the world. Yep. I think, I think a lot of people in the film industry are getting sick of paying $120 million budgets to get, you know, $140 million return on the movie. Yeah. So I, I think the way that that's going to change is you're going to see stars making a lot less money. Yeah. You're going to see... They're not needed anymore, by the way. You're going to just start... A name doesn't trimming drive the fat. people to movie theaters anymore. Yeah. Like, and, and who gives a shit if it does, if you're going to throw it on fucking Amazon. Exactly. You know, so I think that there is going to be a big... Flip. Flip yeah. into where we can start making great Good shit. $6 million movies, yes. $7 million movies. Um, you know, Goodwill Hunting's will come back again. Yes. You know, oh, shit I'm like so that. Excited. I was, I, if you pitch Goodwill Hunting today, that you'd get laughed out of somebody's office, no. but it's a great fucking movie. It's, it's amazing. I watched it a couple months ago yeah. just because. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, if people want to follow your antics, it's Laid Back Berserker on Instagram. That's it. And we should be seeing some good stuff coming from you oh, yeah, uh, this year. Uh, yeah. And then you and I need to go make our Scotland. Scotland. Scotland video. Fuck yeah. August. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care.